Welcome to Well Good Movies, the podcast which asks which movies are well worth watching and remembering for all time. Every episode, we discuss a different piece of film history to decide if it should make its way into our movie vault. Filled with questions, trivia, and crazy challenges, it's the perfect way to deep dive into a myriad of movies. But don't just take my word for it. Here's a glimpse of what to expect in today's episode. Um, so it was interesting in my mind to kind of like compare and contrast the two because there are so many similarities between them. Mm. Why do I feel like we're going to argue about this film again, David? <laughs> As I watched Uh-oh. it, I was like, this is going to happen. Oh, there's a, there, there's, there, there's a death glare happening here. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Are you not entertained? I am the father. Great. I'll be back. Come on! Here's Johnny. Oh, hi, Mark. They call me Mr. Tibbs. supposed to blow the bloody doors off well good movies hello and welcome to today's episode with me your host david osgood joined by my co-host craig mcdonald serving his sentence by taking part in this game show of movie madness well good movies the podcast that asks which movies are well worth watching and deserve to be remembered for all time hello craig we both know I'm the game master in this situation. <laughs> Let's not kid ourselves. But are you like controlling the game within your own punishment? I, I, I don't understand. How is this a punishment? <laughs> Look, we're going with the storyline for the year that you've committed some form of crime. And this film has people who've done crimes in a game show. Just run with it, okay? <laughs> yeah, but you, but that's also on the basis of a corrupt state, like making up crimes for various people. So what you're saying at this point, David, is... You're the prick behind everything. <laughs> I think that was pretty evident from the beginning in which I just accused you of committing a crime with no basis for it. So, yeah. No, but it's just become clear to me at which point, I, at which point earlier when I ended the call on you, I think I was justified that I might just do it again at some point. Rebel against the system. I was about to say the rebellion has begun. Craig, Craig has had a rebellious streak tonight. There's been uh, game show challenges and, and all sorts. Well, we'll see what a randomness occurs in today's discussion. I know there was lots of uh, tangents and stuff we've been going through in uh, our last few episodes. Uh, but over now to our contestant joining us this week. It is podcaster and filmmaker, our previous guest, Johan Chapal. Hello, Johan. I did, I did not sign up for this uh, game show. Um, where is, uh, where's the insurance? What's happening here? Um, but hi. Uh, hi there. Are you looking for your court-appointed theatrical agents? Yeah, and also an exit. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I can find the exit, but it's fine. It's fine. I'm here now then. So hi, everyone. I'm, I, I'm doing good. Thank you very much on that end. I'm, uh, I'm, quite, I'm actually quite excited for this one we're talking about today. So yeah, I've got, I've had thoughts. So. Oh, good. Well, Johan, you made like quite the impression recently in terms of uh, your last few appearances. Uh, obviously, you are one of the reigning champions of our Endgame special as part of the Cocaine Cubs. Yes. And can I just say one thing? I finally got to see Cocaine Bear. Yes, by the I was going to say, has this led to the, the parent animal? Yeah, I feel being... I am. I, I was so happy 
when I saw this movie for the simple fact that there was plenty of cocaine bear. That's all I was asking. <laughs> there was enough cocaine and there was enough bear for me. It wasn't like snakes on a plane where it was only like 10% snakes and a plane. There's, this is plenty of cocaine bear and I was dead happy with it. So uh, I think I think, I think think that's the end of my year. Now, I don't have to watch any more movies now. I've reached, we've reached peak. <laughs> For the rest of the year, I think so. I mean, I'm just excited to see it based on all the memes I keep seeing. Uh, my favorite that I had to send to David was uh, somebody photoshopped Scarface to look like Fozzie Bear. <laughs> Amazing. I also like the one which is like just the Marvel sort of spoof of like Cocaine Bear will return. And I'm just like, I kind of want this to happen. <laughs> cocaine Bear 2, there is more cocaine. That's quite literally just all you, you sold it to me. He does an Iron Man 2. He just jumps out of a plane to ACDC. <laughs> yeah, just all the cocaine. <laughs> Amazing. So, Johan, as well as your win uh, on the Endgame special and, uh, yeah, the win as the Cocaine Cubs uh, with Katie, uh, last time you were on, we were discussing 28 Days Later, and uh, we came across this concept with Danny Boyle of It's a Choice. And I'm happy to report that this seems to have at least stuck with me, at least, in which I've been <laughs> editing episodes and realised that I... I've started using this as a phrase. Uh, for example, <laughs> as you'll know here, in the last episode, I think the charisma of Snipes really again embraces because it's from the get-go. Like as soon as you see that character, you're like, oh wow, this, you know, this is a choice. <laughs> it's a choice. Uh, I'm, I'm so glad that I've now somehow just got into your lexicon, basically. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> here is a new phrase you can use. Is this now gonna be the official start of like the David It's a Choice counter? <laughs> <laughs> it's a choice. Yes, we need a ding every time that happens in the edit. Um, There's going to be many running themes like that, I think, for the year. Uh, There's the whole, like, genre confusion of certain films. There's the actual, like, it's a movie argument of, like, Rush Hour. (laughs) There's there's quite a few tangents which have started recently. What's been good at the moment is like uh, Ed and I have been doing a lot more enigmatic video stuff. You've probably seen that on the YouTube things. Uh, unfortunately, Ed was going to join us, but he actually, but he, he couldn't come in today. This, uh, admittedly, there's a good reason. He is seeing Scream Five and Scream Six in a double bill, and he already had it booked. And I said, "That's fine. Go and go, go and enjoy Scream in New York. I get it." Uh, which now I'm disappointed. There's no musical number, but we've been doing a lot of. Um, video stuff and i've been i've been been venturing slightly away from podcasting slightly and i have been doing screenings and i've been doing some live events stuff happening um at the time at the time of recording on saturday we're going to be doing a big screening of scott pilgrim versus the world which is an amazing little bit uh we're gonna be as part of the cult film club where we literally just show good cult films at least we tried to do though we haven't gone to the bad territory yet because i actually want an audience although the first one we did was pink flamingos so that is that was a choice um but um but we got we we had our stride we did buckaroo bonsai we did we're doing scott pilgrim and at the time of recording so we've already been gone by now but then the next one a bit of a clue on that and we're doing clue which you've already discussed at some point so you know clue everyone loves clue but we're going to be doing clue and um it's been kind of nice doing these kind of screenings and working as well with the nottingham bad film bad movie club as well uh, doing a lot of those kind of screens. So I've kind of ventured away slightly and now become kind of an events organizer. I don't know how that happened. 
but I'm now gone in that direction. And it's been quite fun. Um, and liking to see, like, you know, introducing people to new movies, but having that sort of wit, that fun interactivity of things. And, like, we have goodie bags. We give prizes away. Uh, we encourage costume. We do all that kind of stuff. And we're trying to also get, like, you know, celebrities that could do, like, video chats in the beginning of it, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's been... That's what my thing's been going on, really. Just developing that and see where it goes. Yeah, it sounds really fun, especially, like you said, by seeing some of the selections, because obviously with this podcast, you know, we only get to talk about certain films or, you know, there's only one film that we can discuss per episode, etc. So then you see other, you know, the ones that are happening at the screening, etc. And you're like, oh, that would be a great one that I want to revisit. Something like Scott Pilgrim has been one which I've meant to revisit for years because especially so, so many actors have now become more famous since that film. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, and it's just always a fun chance to just kind of bring up a random movie isn't it rather than do the kind of typical oh you know we're talking about this because this is a sequel or like you said scream or something like that like i'm sure people are having a great time at the, the scream screenings but i'm sure that there is a lot of those kind of like you know like marathon screenings whereas if it's something that just people are less likely to have seen and you can kind of grab them with that and be like hey why not watch this then it's it's just a great way to kind of get some undiscovered gems for some people i think so we've already alluded to uh, game shows at the beginning. So we'll now have our question this week, uh, which I'll throw to you first, Johan, which is mm -hmm. if you were in a futuristic life-threatening game show, like what is in today's film, what actual game show would you like it to be based on? Jesus. Now, this is the thing. Like, which would it just be a game show I just want to be on or would it be a game show that I think the future would have? Just you want to be on. Okay, well, it was up to me then. I, I mean, I'm just imagining, like, I want a future version of Pointless. <laughs> this is why I chose, like, if it's something that would, like, legitimately happen in the future, it probably would be quite boring, whereas Future Pointless is a lot more entertaining. <laughs> but I want a legitimate version of Pointless. And do you know when, the, you know, do you know when the pair leave, right? I want, I don't want them to, leave. I want a trap door that just drops them into an <laughs> abyss. And because, like, you know, because you have to go all the way down. Woo! get to the bottom i wouldn't mind pointless although if it was a real future and if it's like this movie i get a feeling it's going to be more like takeshi's castle which i wouldn't mind going on but i know instead of like just being full of rubber and you know like rubber bits i mean to be frank those those guys must have got some injuries from half the stuff they were doing on that show so yeah i it's either either a weird future version of pointless or I just go full hog and go to Takeshi's castle and see how far I go before I like break a bone or all <laughs> my bones. Yeah. I was uh, thinking of like how more psychotic can you make pointless? And then I was just thinking of the bar that they have the you know blue blue doo -doo 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 -doo. and i was like if they ask a hundred people maybe that is a hundred people like just literally the people <laughs> who didn't say that or ever being shoved off like a tower or something yeah and by the end of it you see you either yeah they're either thrown off this time tower or you just see them just like put into a cage like these 50 people this these these 50 people didn't get this whoop yeah, like, it'd you know, a, if how it turns, like, green when it is pointless, like, just seeing, like, a skyscraper full of people, and then just, like, once, like, that one person <laughs> has been ejected, the entire skyscraper lights up green, like, woo! 
And I was like, yay. <laughs> Finally, no one's got to go. <laughs> I was going to say that I was just, I just imagined the skyscraper just going down. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just you just actually blow it up. Yeah. You do have to think again, we're going too deep into the logic here, but like, how do you then demolish like, oh, only one floor must survive. Like that's quite an interesting technical challenge. Just lots of, just, just very controlled explosions. Yeah. Very controlled explosions. But yeah. They could have like a moment which is like, oh, you either get like, you know, the points of where it goes down, you get a pointless answer, or there's a new one, which is when the tower falls. <laughs> and it's like, uh oh. It's just Jenga at this <laughs> <Yeah>. point. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm and now. Now this version of Pointless. Now I'm terrified to be on that show, <laughs> and I don't know if I want to do that now. I rather I rather take Takeshi's Castle at this point. Yeah, um. my brain kind of <laughs> went to Takeshi's Castle kind of vibes, but more like and Craig might know a few in his head of like the kids shows you used to get like on CBBC, which I again I don't watch children's television, but you don't tend to get that as much anymore. Is what I well, used like, to well, like, like get want to back. do. I was like, I want to be on one of those things where you like run in, you know, you have to run around this little maze thing at the end and you have to climb up a wall and there's like a gladiator style uh, treadmill thing. I'm like, I want like that, like 50-50 or something, but to the death. <laughs> to the oh, death. Wait until you hear what show I want, David. Okay, <laughs> go, go on. on then. I want golden balls. Oh God, yes, of course. <laughs> yes! Literally, the moment that you steal, you steal someone's life. (laughs) That wasn't too far off, Golden Balls, to be fair. Like, I I think I did put a tweet out a few weeks ago saying that Golden Balls is what give me trust issues. Well, uh, I'm sure I would love to see all of these versions of these TV shows as as psychotic as they are. But today we'll be talking about uh, a very specific fictional uh, game show, which we'll get on to very soon. And uh, yeah, we can't wait to hear uh, everyone's thoughts and we can't wait to hear everyone at home what you think as well. So please do let us know, leave us a review, interact with us wherever you can, uh, wherever you're listening or on social media like Instagram and Twitter where you can find us at Well Good Movies. So uh, yeah, all really helps the podcast grow. It means uh, we can see what you guys want to hear and what you enjoy most. So let's get on with what we are talking about. So Craig, for those who didn't catch our last episode or those who need a reminder, what is it that we're discussing today? So fittingly, after an end game where we talked about uh, a variety of Sylvester Stallone quotes, uh, because, I, because I originally thought that Arnold Schwarzenegger was in the film that we discussed last week, but obviously wasn't. It was Sylvester Stallone. So in the end, the winner between Chris and Sarah was Sarah. But she decided to go with Chris's film choice. And Chris's film choice was an an Arnold Schwarzenegger film in which it was The Running Man. In the year 2017, an innocent man accused of a crime has a choice. Hard time or prime time. Sensational. Perfect contestant. I want him. He must pay or play The Running Man. On your mark. I'll be back. Go! The highest rated TV show in history. Guess they want us to stay. It's a game between life and death. Lift. Ah! Ah! 
the running man. He's playing for a prize. The prize is his life. How about the life? The running man. Also there with the whole choice aspect like he has a choice <laughs> so the theme continues so yeah this film is uh the running man it was released in 1987 it stars arnold schwarzenegger and richard dawson it was directed by paul michael glazer uh the original novel that this is based on was by stephen king and the screenplay is credited as being written by stephen e d souza the soundtrack is by Harold Faltermeyer and cinematography by Thomas Del Ruth uh, with editing by Mark Roy Warner, also known as Mark Warner, Edward A. Warshilker and John Wright. Uh, the film also stars uh, Maria Conchita Alonso as Amber Mendez, along with Yafet Cotto, uh, Jim Brown, Jesse Ventura, Erland Van Lidith, Marvin J. McIntyre, Gus Routhwish, and Professor Toro Tanaka as Sub-Zero. So we've got a professor in here as well. Uh, as well as uh, Mick Fleetwood, uh, Dweezil Zappa, and Karen Lee Hopkins. So yeah, mainly is Schwarzenegger is the biggest star here with more like kind of random actors then who are playing. What these. are you talking about, David? I think they're all household names. <laughs> well, <laughs> Jesse Ventura, I know him from wrestling. So exactly. I was going to say, maybe in the world of wrestling. There's, uh, in the world of wrestling, name. when you see... And also, here's the thing that just got me quite excited when I first was about to hear. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jesse Ventura have already done this before. They were in Predator beforehand so and i thought they were going to have more of a thing but yeah well we'll talk about that when we get there though just coming off of that trailer i think this is the best time to bring it up because again we discussed this in previous episodes of like you know it, he's the demolition man and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. that trailer as well said he is the running man i'm like is he is that ever said in the film that he is the running man like i don't think he is the running man that is the name of the show not Arnold Schwarzenegger's character. He's even given a different nickname in this film. I think what I think it's one of those things where like it's unspoken, but every contestant that goes on becomes the running man. Exactly. Yeah. I will say one thing though with this movie that kind of puts into it. Arnie does run a lot in this movie, and I realized something. I'm not sure if it's just me. Arnold has a little bit of a funny run. Like, it's not a super funny run, but it's a little awkward. It's a bit weird. Like, it's a little jiggity at points. And it's like, ah, look at you, big man run. It just kind of makes me giggle. <laughs> like, just, I mean, he's a bit of a funny guy in general, let's be fair. Yeah, just this big slab of meat just running across a field. And you know what? <laughs> Made me giggle. There is a lot of um, strange running in this film. And again, maybe that is down to like action set pieces or, you know, the sets, etc. We'll get to it. Yeah. Uh, but Johan, what, what was your initial reaction when I did mention this film? Have you got any memories or connection to it previously uh, before discussing it today? Okay, so it's a bit of a weird one with this because when I was a kid, I was all into action movies, right? So, so we, so it was Arnie, it was Schwarzenegger, it was Van Damme, it was Seagal, it was Willis. It's, it's, it's the action guys, right? So I've seen a lot of Arnie movies, except this one. So I got a little bit excited, but then also kind of thought, I almost thought, I swear I've seen this. I've never seen it. 
So this was my first time watching it. So my review through this basically was, is all going to be from a first time perspective. I know of it. And I know of some of the visuals and some of the lines and stuff like that, but I've never sat down and watched it. I don't know why this completely passed me by. So it was a surprise. So I was quite excited that when you gave me this one because it, it would be another one from the from the Arnie list that I haven't watched. I'm glad that I'm not the only one for once who liked the film. It's my first time seeing it. Mm. It was a bit of a surprise, though, that I didn't get to see it. I thought I would have, but I never have. And I think... Because there are so many of these Schwarzenegger films, which are, you know, Arnie's face on a poster, it's all about him. You do feel that you have seen it in some way because there are so many similar films in which he's there front and center. So I think that has an element of it. And I think it's not like The Last Action Hero or uh, something like, you know, Predator, etc., in which it's very clear, like, oh, you know, that, that franchise, that film whereas the running man it does it doesn't sound like something you would as- immediately associate with Schwarzenegger especially because it's Stephen King it's kind of dystopian future it doesn't sound like his kind of usual shtick but in a lot of ways like you said Johan it is still the action hero kind of stuff the explosives you know all this kind of like 80s cheese etc so yeah first time watch for me as well and this one i went in a lot more blind compared to demolition man in which i had seen the trailers etc whereas this was pretty much like i just had seen like the picture of him in the outfit and that was about it so really went into what this. an outfit what an outfit everybody that's so tight <laughs> definitely definitely so so w- would you say looking at this then it is indicative of you know we've already discussed you know with demolition man etc the kind of genre of like action stars and big explosive movies but also this taps into that kind of like 80s dystopian future you know cheese kind of game show movie in which they're bringing in a lot of elements of the 80s do you think this is very indicative of that time in in a lot of ways yeah i feel this is a movie that just screams 80s i don't in a weird way you could not make this you you it's it's almost at a point that it's so 80s, it's, and I think it's doing it on purpose to a degree. To a degree. I think it's a little bit, it is, there is a satirical element to this movie. But there is also a little bit where I'm kind of thinking like, do you know how over the top and cheesy you've actually made this? Do you know how 80s you've actually made this? Because there are some bits which like, yeah, you're, you're joking it. Because especially stuff with like the TV media stuff and 80s commercials, that is pretty much satire that's not even new because movies like robocop and other things start do that beforehand but oh god the colors the outfits the this the you know or the, i mean or, or the the i mean like the the actual slayers themselves you know they're all ridiculous i mean you literally said and my favorite just because the name is professor toru tanaka aka professor sub-zero 10 you know 10 out of 10 best movie ever made just for the title alone it is really cheesy 80s nonsense but but to the point that it almost become a parody of itself in a weird satirical way if you if you did this exact level now you'd think it's a joke it's a it's a joke but here i couldn't 100 percent be sure if they were if they were in on the joke or it's all a satire and they're very much in on the joke so i couldn't tell basically yeah, it's definitely an interesting one for, like said, encapsulating a lot of things that we have been discussing lately and so many elements of kind of 90s, 80s, 
like action movies and Hollywood movie star films in which it's taking, you know, again, dystopian future, you know, and uh, using like a, a, a situation, like a very specific situation in which they're thrust into. There's also the element of like a convicted policeman and, you know, like he, he needs to prove his innocence. And so this keeps, you know, coming up and but it still centers again around selling you on Schwarzenegger himself. And I felt that, you know, it was kind of weird watching this with the lens of Demolition Man from last time as well, especially whereas, like, I enjoy Demolition Man more, whereas Chris sort of brought in this film because of what it does, what he said was more successful here in terms of the satire and the messaging they were going with. Um, So it was interesting in my mind to kind of, like, compare and contrast the two because there are so many similarities between them mm. why do i feel like we're going to argue about this film again david <laughs> as i watched Uh-oh. it i was like this is gonna happen <laughs> oh there's a there, there's there's a death glare happening here can i just okay, i want to add one thing though because we're talking about being a you know that it's almost it's selling itself as an arnie movie right and, and it, to be honest the the downside of this movie to me is that at point it leans too much into the arnie movie and there's moments the bit in the middle where it's not an arnie movie and he's literally in the in the game show being nonsense is the best thing in the whole goddamn movie it's hilarious and it's weird to see arnie big burly man slightly out of his element like yeah, he does beat up all the Slayers, but in a way that you can see he's out of, he's totally out of his zone here. This is odd. Um, and it makes me wonder, would this movie have done well if it wasn't starring Schwarzenegger? Like, would it have made more sense if it wasn't starring Schwarzenegger? Because then you can think, oh, it is, you know, it's our battle of wits instead of big burly man going grr. Because, when, when, you know, when he's in there, you know, it's like, oh, is he is he going to win? Like, of course he is. He's Schwarzenegger. He's the size of a house. You know, you're already losing that element of, like, is he, could he lose on this game show? And there's, there's, there was slightly never the option he was going to lose on this game show unless it was like a big master twist. And then all the bits before and after the game show just fell into very typical Schwarzenegger territory. Yeah, and that's where, again, recently we've talked about like movie stars. And I think of something like Dwayne The Rock Johnson in which it's like, yeah, he's in Jungle Cruise or he's in uh, Black Adam in which people are kind of like, it was just Dwayne The Rock Johnson, really. You know, it's like, yeah, you could say he was playing a character to some extent but largely people feel that they are watching that man that character persona of Dwayne the Rock Johnson rather than the actual character and I think that that is definitely an element with Schwarzenegger and that was something we kind of alluded to last time in which Stallone maybe has a bit more character to him in his projects because he's used to playing some more dramatic roles and let's face it Arnie isn't the same level of actor and I think that this film does show he isn't the best actor and he's there for a very specific purpose. It's also a bit weird given that, let's face it, we we probably have to address it quite early on. Obviously, this is a work that has essentially been originated by Stephen King. So there's always going to be like a level of nuance to what exactly the film is trying to say, which there are times in which they try to do that. But when you have Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to deliver that nuance and then like bookends it with some some more of his stereotypical 80s like tagline punchline sort of things gets a bit weird like the the scene that 
The scene that gets it for me most is when you know when he leaves uh, Dynamo to live. He's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't kill a defenseless man uh, like you. I was like, okay, this is him obviously trying to show his sort of character of he's not, he wasn't the butcher of Baker Street as he's been defined as. But when they're going off, it's like, oh, where's Buzzsaw? It's like he had to split. I was like, <laughs> there is such a tonal disconnect here. Mm. Like, why did you decide to have that in the edit? And then also later for him to have kill like a defenseless person, he disables his flamethrower and he's like, "What a hothead!" It's like I I feel as it, and that's where I think that the tone of the film is like quite confused and the storyline could have been told a bit better. But it is almost as if you want him to turn to camera and wink, but you almost want the audience yeah. then to be enjoying that, like the actual audience of the in in the yeah. film. And it's, like, strange that they're not supporting him, like, until the oh, very, that, very end. That audience are the weirdest audience I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, the, I, mean I, I know, again, it is that... I mean, the whole point of the... This is the reason why that section alone, the game show section, the TV show section, is the best bit. Because that's where the satire is 100% on display. It is unabashed and literally there's no subtlety in fact the whole thing is no subtle it's uh, the idea of subtlety is out the window but the audience for example just being ravenous dogs and being a little and just being like so shallow in its choices and you know how it's all how they're so easily manipulated by but by our host who is this charismatic asshole and doesn't see it from the hand from the trees and seeing although admittedly that audience a lot of old ladies in that audience which i i think it's mostly because of him being like this old crooner guy and going oh i love the grannies oh you're all lovely give me money um but it just kind of is it it also the tonal disconnect is when you see an old woman that you're going that's bull you know literally just starting to start to swear and everyone else is going jesus christ it's before that when she's like, he's one mean motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? It's so good. But it's like, it's funny because you didn't expect it. And it kind of leans into that kind of bloodthirsty, weird kind of satire of an audience just going with the flow and just having fun for the sake of it. Until it kind of goes on its head and turns when basically Schwarzenegger is actually being up all the Slayers. And there's a weird thing. Another bit in that movie is like the first, you know, the first Slayer, basically, you know, the first Stalker gets killed off and it's quiet because no one's killed one before but then that makes me think the other game show the other game show uh, thing this there must have been fairly short episodes then have they never passed the first stalker it it, it makes a gigantic loophole but then afterwards after like oh this is now the third one he's killed they're all now excited going yes yes I do actually think I have an answer to that short episode thing. Given that they brought in another sort of runner halfway through the show, I think what happens is somebody goes on, they like might evade a stalker to the point of another one gets brought in and then get killed off. And then there's just like, let's bring on our next contestant. They just keep going for um, the next three hours yeah. showing but this thing. The thing that I found weird with the audience is I understand them not cheering when the first stalker gets killed. I get that. And they're really silent. I'm a bit like, oh, wow, you are just really invested in these stalker personalities. I, I, I kind of understand that. But then when it's like he's umming and ahhing about whether to kill Dynamo, and then you just start seeing the audience go, kill him, kill him. I was like, okay, this is where they get bloodthirsty. But he kills another stalker and they're depressed again. I'm like, 
Make up your mind. It's a, they are they are a very thickle audience, which is probably part of the satire bit. Yeah, um, like they they they'll just turn on a dime, and it means that it they've it means that the you know the TV show has almost designed the perfect formula to keep that audience hungry. And when that formula changes, they don't the audience doesn't know what to think because it's yeah. they now having to change the script to the point where the bit that really does frustrate me near the end of the game show bit is where they fake a whole fight which is both kind of genius because one thing is and i'll say one thing about this movie which i could say has some positives to it is that this movie in its terms of its science fiction was semi-accurate for quite a few of these things like that fight is basically deep faking isn't it it's it's just a really convincing deep fake. And you could do that now. You can then do a deep fake with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jesse the Body Ventura having a squabble over it. Um, you know, and I said they and when I, again, first time seeing going, that's deep faking. And they predicted this. Whew, they predicted that a while ago. So good on their sci-fi. I have to give them props for this movie that their science fiction, not like it's accurate because 2017 didn't look like that. Thank God. Uh, but they predicted some bits of technology or in a way that, you know, it's manageable now, I think. When the opening statement came up and it was just like, you know, this is like the media controls this, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, right. Yeah, this pretty much is how we're living right now. But the, pretty bad. the fact that, uh, yeah, I think that this, they could have been a lot more concrete in terms of like their world and like what they were trying to say and what the game show was meant to be. Because I think throughout this, because there's been so many films and stories which are about like violent, either violent sort of like tournaments or games or this type of like reality, uh, hyper kind of like emphasized television show set in the future, which have done this a lot better. I think that's where like for me, a lot more of the holes like turned up. And I think especially because I think you are right in that the satire comes through the most, but I think it's interesting to think of what we make now as how that will be in 20 years time. Like, will it, will a film that's meant to be in the future feel like, oh, wow, this is like, this is what you thought the future would be. You can, t and not, well, no, I, I don't think it's even that because again, we talked about this with Demolition Man is that idea of like, oh, isn't that funny? Like they thought that this would happen. And, you know, it turns out that that actually is a thing, blah, 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 blah. But I think the production values can still give you an, you know, a, an idea of like, okay, they have pulled off a vision of the future quite well. Whereas I think the problem for this film is that I still felt like I was in the 80s the majority of the time, especially because it it's almost like they've taken a concept which is so close to the 80s and shown that in the future. It dates it immediately, if you know what I mean. So it's almost mm. as if they've gone like, oh, imagine if like wired telephones became this like huge massive thing and that was like the enemy of a film or something you would watch that now and go well wired telephones are not even a thing anymore so it immediately dates that concept so i think that the mm. cool 80s television show vibe just immediately screams 80s television show and as craig reminded me at the before recording the fact that they got richard dawson who hosted family feud that is giving you that idea that parody there that they obviously wanted to have that kind of television game show vibe all the old ladies all the old people in the audience is giving you that vibe but it doesn't scream sci-fi to me it doesn't scream kind of like futuristic especially because most people are just dressed quite normally as well so 
it was a weird mix for me and I, I i thought that like you said i think they pulled it off quite well with some of the satire but a lot of the time i didn't think it worked in that i felt that this was an original world or an original concept i just don't think this is sci-fi so that's thing that's where i think i sidestepped a lot of those issues mm. if you don't if you don't see it as very strong like hard sci-fi like it's not like very obviously pushing itself as a science fiction it's pushing it more as a dystopian movie with sci- with some elements of it because of like you know because of the because of how it all works right i think then, the yeah. problem with that though is that like one minute you've got the dystopian future thing the next minute you've got a man walking around like a christmas tree so i'm like are you going for crazy <laughs> you know futuristic like you know mad max stuff or are you go in for like just dystopian future you know things are a bit crap it's like that's the weird mix i i found well the, well, the game show, the, the thing that constantly made me remind, and this is why when you got Jesse Ventura playing Captain Freedom, which one, great name. <laughs> Secondly, yes. we never get to really see him fight, which really upset me as a professional wrestler. But then I said to myself, when you've got, let's go for the name, shall we? Because I love these names. First of all, Captain Freedom. That's one. You've got Eddie Buzzsaw, which is amazing. You've got Professor Sub-Zero. You've got Dynamo and Fireball. They are they are quite literally like... They're literally like the version of Gladiators, like Wolf and all that kind of stuff. But they're also professional wrestlers. These are the kind of... These are the, the big gravitas, the entrance, the backstory, the over-elaborate thing, the heels, the good guys. It's all professional wrestling, which was, again, a very 80s thing. It was huge in the 80s. That kind of level of, like, Hulk Hogan-level girl. And also having a wrestler already being one of them just emphasized that even more. Um, so it has... So, yeah, I can see, like... It's got of it's like like we said right from the beginning. It's a movie that is very much of its time and very stuck in its sort of things from the eighties. In a way that it it's comfortable, but it's like oh, it's the future, but it's comfortable because it's not too weird into the in in the future. It isn't going to be that weird. We're still going to have some of these things you really like kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm also going to make this comparison because I think I'm going to start the fight here. I, I do just think that their dystopian vision of the future comes off as more realistic than Demolition Man. Because mm. I made it very clear during that episode that I did not think that they had a, a reasonable grasp of what would necessarily be like dystopian, what would necessarily happen in the future. I thought they went so outlandish that it kind of lost me. Here, it is a world in which it's just a military state that tries to just keep power via just keeping a TV show that specifically feeds the audience exactly what they want insofar as like violence, at which point I'm just, you know what? I think that this is a plausible future that could necessarily come out. Obviously, we're reviewing the film in 2023. So we saw what 2017 was like. We know that didn't happen. Um, So obviously that's going to like tarnish it. uh, That's going to like remove it a little bit. At least I think that the idea of say what some of the things that they have of like slave camps uh, and also just like forcing forcing criminals to the death. I actually figure I actually figure strong commentary, especially insofar as like because let's face it, we live in a society in which people talk about the idea of justice so much, but what they actually mean is just complete retribution society does not give a damn about things like rehabilitation whatsoever so it makes perfect sense to me that there would be a criminal tv show where all they're doing is just cheering for these guys being killed and even the ones who win the show still end up getting killed and just like left somewhere to die at which point i actually 
I actually think that a lot of the commentary, even if it is done in really, really stupid ways for like commercial purposes, I think actually stands out quite a bit to me. The end speech by uh, Killian, also, what a, what a name. He literally has kill in his name. Um, just sort of grabbed me insofar as like the way in which the media would, would operate in this world. And I'm like, yeah. Like I said, the media part, especially with the whole idea of the media lies to you. I love the fact how it's, it's so obviously they're lying to you, how they've really edited stuff in to give it a different narrative or added extra stuff to it. And you could even say, like, you know, Maria, I mean, like, Amber basically says all the time, like, that's a lie. I was there. That's a lie. And, which is mostly her dialogue. Most of her dialogue is nonsense. It's, basically, it's nothing but, that's a lie. We need to stop the lie. That's literally all she says for half the movie. Um, they but literally, like, grab her and be like you are now the like damsel in distress and chuck her into the game <laughs> go oh my goodness um but yeah it's so yeah um it's 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 got strong commentary in that sense it does and it does have and look compared to demolition man demolition man is i think a demolition man is a parody of itself in that sense it, it knows that the future that kind of future is dumb the future of how everyone's a pacifist in that sense is kind of a dumb future and it can really work that way it's like oh it's a parody of what a utopia would be this is like this isn't a utopia this is literally more realistic in terms of how we could have gone down the rabbit hole fairly quickly but with over elaborate silly very 80s style kind of vibe to the whole thing with the with with the show being its pinnacle point yeah i think that that definitely it is a more like said realistic future and i think you know you hit the uh nail on the head there like Johan, in terms of like demolition man sort of like using that kind of like knowing the silliness of that future which i think comes down to just like whether you enjoy that concept or not so i think that the only problem i have with the game show and just the entire idea of it being like it's the biggest tv show in the country and you know it's taken everyone by storm i was like i never really felt like i saw that and similar to demolition man again i'm like what is with these films and not really showing the plight of the people who are oppressed i'm like this film could have done with like maybe another 15 minutes maybe to develop that kind of like dystopian future, I think, because they go so straight into the the show. And I think even the villain like Killian, I'm like, he's a TV presenter. But I again, it's like I brought up Hunger Games last time. I'm like, it's like if the villain of like the entire Hunger Games was caesar is it the character played by stanley tucci if he was just the only villain of it i'm like i don't see him as that threatening because he's just a business guy who's like hey this is just entertaining television which is a a good concept and it works but i don't feel that it's like i can't buy into the fact that he's controlling this entire city or this world and i don't really see how the people are kind of oppressed that much he has a significant amount of military contacts like he literally has these people under his thumb i can completely understand why it is that he basically controls uh he literally controls everything even if it's like in a secret way yeah i think conceptually like they it is there but i just would have liked a bit more like showing of how i think even just being more on the nose the literally like a, a, a media company is literally the government or something like that they could have just been a bit more linked together to show how like it was all kind of like one central problem i think it's just for me there was just the fact that we just never saw much of the dystopian future we didn't see the civilization all that much like the fact that the audience was mainly the only time that we saw those people so even like when you see them like 
putting bets on like towards the end and i was like why would they have never betted against like because i don't even understand why the show didn't really want them to win like i this is the problem i i think i have with the concept with the gladiators thing i think like you said johan it is fun and i think that it like works for the silliness of like oh there's all these like wrestlers and stuff like that it is great and it makes for some stupid ridiculous stuff but i think they should have really encap like really embraced it more i think that they should have like brought in the celebrity culture bit of it more they should have shown how people were obsessed with them they should have really made the show and before they went in all about that similar again to how hunger games quite effectively goes people are obsessed with these like celebrities that have come from it and they like grow them up to be these type of like uh god type figures and it's like well this then show how people react when they are like killing each other etc i think they do though it's it, it has a bit of that it's the idea again like they have the big entrances and they and they treat like professional wrestlers one bit where buzzsaw does like knock a fan over and it's like he touched me he touched he really touched me but it might just need a little more i get it it's a little bit more you need a little bit more like as if you want maybe one on a talk show mm, yeah. beforehand yet like imagine you know dynamo does a whole operatic moment on a talk show and says like and talks about that kind of thing or whatever it is or you have fireball doing commercials because we did get one of captain free you know captain freedom doing the best cardio commercial Oh, he's in, he's in the tightest. Again, everyone's in the tightest of outfits, but it's great. I think we, I think I see what you mean. Just a tiny bit more of that, perhaps, could have given us like, yeah, we know all these people because sometimes we're suddenly just introduced to Fireball. Cool. We're suddenly introduced to Dynamo. Although personally, I like the fact that Dynamo just turns up. He's just a, he just he just a, he's just a slightly rounder man who sings opera and does electric shocks in the most ridiculous outfit I've ever seen. I like the surprise element to a degree, but it would have been nice to have a little bit more of a recurring other than Captain Freedom, who doesn't really get a real fight. Damn it! I do think that there are other subtle things that happen. So the fact that the audience are the one who get to choose which stalkers are brought in in the first place, I think does does hinted that a lot i mean i'm not gonna lie i mean obviously this sort of format of dystopian future where a massive game show is used to control the masses is definitely done better by hunger games and i think the fact that hunger games came out when it did and basically just allowed us to sort of make the critiques of what it is we want from this in the first place definitely is like a fault against this film but i i know i put myself in the mindset of just trying to enjoy it for the for the time and I do, I do think that, like, compared to sort of other ridiculously stupid sort of '80s blockbuster films, that there is just at least something here which is a bit deeper, but still quite entertaining. Let's be fair, it's something there. But then, like I said, the tonal shift happens where you get the really like it doesn't. It like the commentary and the social and everything there and the good that could have built there is great. But then you also have to remember it's an Arnie movie, so all the one quip liners, the silly amount of gore. Not like gore gore, but I just find it really funny. Like everyone has their own zone and it's all really hilarious. Like Professor Sub-Zero is actually on a hockey field and I absolutely love that. <laughs> and how they're like, oh no, and what and and the and um and like the teacher guy gets trapped in a goal. It's absolutely hilarious. Or, you know, how Buzzsaw, you have Buzzsaw and Dine, you have like you have Buzzsaw and literally there he is on a motorcycle running down miles per hour with a chainsaw in his hand and literally getting split in half by the groin, by the way, which is 
I did I did wince because <laughs> I did wince that bit. But it, and then I was like, and then and, they, and there there I am being maybe like partly like the crowd going, yes, that's exactly what I want. I want nasty, but. You know, it does tonally when they go and say, we need to talk about the resistance again. It's like, it doesn't work. One or the other, either silly or serious. You can't be silly serious. And I think to go back to what we were saying about the concept of the show, etc. I think where you were saying, Johan, I think I thought the same thing of like, what? Nobody has ever been killed on this before. How? I think if they had set up more the idea of like, like in my head canon, it was kind of like, it's the running man. Maybe the people are always running. I think it's quite tricky when they say that, like, they put ex-criminals in there because you then think, well, somebody must have tried to fight back. Whereas if they had made it so that it was always kind of civilians and, like, it was like a predator-hunter kind of situation of people are literally always running because they just don't have the physical capabilities to take these people on. And then Arnie's character is, like, the first actual military man or policeman to go in there and actually be like, I can fight back against these guys. I think that could have worked quite well. Like, I think of something a bit like Tron Legacy in which you get, like, all the crowd is like, yeah, go, you know, Rizzler or whatever they call him in, in Tron Legacy in which, like, this world is kind of supporting the villains. And then this kind of hero comes along, which we as an audience support, but we immediately get the idea of like, oh, like the, the world that they're in, they're in a dangerous world. They they are the odd one out here. Whereas I think this film struggles with like, are we meant to support them? Are people against them? I don't know. Because again, the audience reactions were just so weird. I think it would have just been more clear if they had bigged up those those gladiator type characters and shown how much people loved them and hated Arnie then it would have made more clear that like, oh, he is an underdog here. He's just like fighting for his life kind of thing. I think even makes it makes it more busy and confusing that they throw in his friends in there. I'm like, just keep it to him. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to quit back against that one. I think you obviously have to take into consideration that the, the people that the, the show and this government deem as criminals. Right. I think it is very clear that in many situations they are just trying to get rid of dissidents, right? The fact that they make up this entire story around like Amber's character, at which point they just seem to like f- just seem to throw her in. Uh, two, I do think it is established again, not to great detail, but I do think that they actually big up why it is that say Ben's character is particularly hated. Given a, you already see the scene beforehand yeah. where civilians are talking to him, and he's just like, "Are we really meant to be?" helping you you're the but the the butcher of baker street yes and then two in his introduction they actually physically show that he's the butcher of baker street and then you have the entire crowd sort of booing him for that Mm. i do think that these things exist i don't think it is fair to say because they didn't do much of it it doesn't exist at all no no No. i'm not saying it doesn't exist at all i think it's just like johan etc said i think it just needed it it needed a bit more here it needed a bit more there just to kind of make the ideas a bit clearer like even the fact that he is the butcher of baker street etc i'm like that even fuses it it's like just i think you're right craig i think that there's obviously elements there that they're saying this person's a problem like somebody who i don't know was going to uncover a secret or something like a lawyer if they showed somebody like that being put in there it would make clear that like they're putting ordinary troublesome people in there and then again arnie goes in there is like oh this is the first time we have somebody who's like trained to do this but the fact that they label him as the butcher of baker street is already making him like the gladiators in a way so you're a bit like (laughs) I think the best, okay, the best way to describe it is, is like, if this movie wasn't an Arnie movie, all the stuff you'd said 
would have been in there. Yeah, right? that's what but, I was thinking when you said but that. Yeah. We're an Arnie movie, so we don't have time for world building <laughs> nonsense. We need Arnie doing Arnie things. So while it's all in there, let's say, especially from the beginning and the end bits, right? That's rushed through. It's like we mention it. Let's do, let's just put little seeds in there but not enough that we could develop the world enough to like really go into detail and fill in the gaps you're wanting we need to get to the we need to get to the action sequence we need to get to the action sequence we don't have time for not having an action sequence have arnold and having have arnold schwarzenegger and a bunch of other people trying to explain the scientific the the, the, the sci-fi you know dystopian well-building nonsense we don't have time let's bring the guy dressed up mm. dressed up like a hockey player <laughs> to chop people's heads off we need no time there's literally no time and the movie is quite breezy it's about an hour and 40 minutes yeah, long exactly. um if like i said if it wasn't starring arnold schwarzenegger and it was someone else completely and it was following more the stephen king vibe of it, i bet you there would have been another 20 more minutes with all the stuff you've mentioned but we don't have time arnold's here and he can barely act in some cases. There's a bit where he rips out the TV and he's shouting, yeah. at, shouting at Killian, which is amazing. But for some reason, even though he's angry, it sounds hilariously wooden. Yeah. But really wooden, but like shouty wooden. I've never heard since do it this way. And I find it weird again. This like I think that's where I find the the connectors, the villain, a bit difficult because it wasn't like it didn't seem like he was principally responsible for what had happened to him in terms of him getting arrested and all that kind of stuff. And he was like the one that he was pinning this kind of like anger towards. Um I mean the reason why he's putting his anger is because he's because he's the one who saw him running from the prison, saw just a videotape and going, I want that man on my show, because look at that big cutie pie, that big burly man of beef run across a field. And that's literally it. He's Arnold. You've you've already know he's gonna go in there and beat them i mean and the one he doesn't beat again the one with captain freedom the one i really wish was real didn't actually happen and it was a body double and i'm like yeah oh. and I, I did like the joke when he comes in and he like i don't know he was some sort of human cheese grater or something he's like i'm not doing this and i was like this is fun <laughs> like I, I like that idea of that like this is just ridiculous like you've made us up to be this like these stupid characters and the things you've given us to make us like i'm the fire guy i'm the ice guy it's like you're actually holding us back i'm like that's quite cool like it's the it's idea the of, yeah you know it's it's again in wrestling it's the wrestling gimmick if you know you know there, there have been some bad wrestling gimmicks in the world right you know there have been literally the repo man for example, that's an actual old school wrestler, the Repo Man, or you are, a, oh, okay, you are a garbage man today, you know, but you're a wrestler, but you're a garbage man, or IRS, who you're literally the tax man, but you are also a wrestler. So it's 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 not too far off to having Jesse the Body Ventura come in and say, look, I don't want to dress up in any nonsense. I don't want this gimmick. I, I could fight him legitimately, properly why i why are you having to dress me up and do something different i am captain freedom i've been doing this for a long time i know my own gimmick i know my own worth which is interesting because when he has that conversation afterwards then you get the big another big burly security guard which i'm thinking he must be another wrestler i thought for 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 a second he was also another stalker just dressed in like security guard wear and then he just goes and said no we're just all you know we're all just idiots all slabs of beef and just walk off it's a great little bit i'm gonna remember those i'm gonna remember the the stalkers because they're just ridiculous and dumb but i'm not gonna remember like 
uh, I'm not going to remember it as like, oh, these. I'm only going to remember those moments as being little fun, little quirky bits because it's so random and it's just over the top. It's not it. The, the stalkers don't have anything to say other than just being professional wrestlers, basically. They're just literally characters. So I'm not expecting them to be full-blown, like, memorable other than Captain Freedom. That didn't really get much time. But, uh, but yeah, it's... It, and it kind of ends for me. This is the problem with me. Once the game show ends and they fake the fight, the whole thing then just becomes a bit bland at the end. Like, it'll go through it. But I'm like, we missed the most exciting... The most exciting bit is the game show bit. The thing at the beginning not enough time for it and at one point you can just see it's Arnold because he's walking around holding a cigar just talking nonsense and the prison break and everything else it's fine but it's fine and then after the game show's over they just go oh we're just going to storm the TV studio it doesn't feel as exciting as let's fight a let's literally fight a giant Christmas tree you know it's, it's not the same it's not the same and I feel like Another example could be if it, at that moment that game show feels more like an over elaborate video game, and this has actually become a video game to some degree. If you hadn't ever played Smash TV, like old school Smash TV, which was like literally like a top down version of that thing where you go into different rooms and there's like beat up all the guys, and then there's more, and there's like a big boss in every kind of room. It has that vibe to it. It's a game show, and I feel like it should have been like a, it should have been like a video game where the the whole thing was the game show, building up and building up and building up until the big, big boss. And yeah, we, we're supposed to get that the TV executive, Killian, is the big boss here, but it didn't feel as satisfying as when you were fighting the big professional wrestler people. And also, if it, that made sense, if, if, that, if that makes sense, I mean, yeah. that's to me anyway. And if like Arnie yeah. came out for like the final boss, and that's when people realized that he was real, because the only problem I had with like, I, I get the idea that they were like, oh, the rebels are able to show people what they're really seeing. But I was like, but you've just shown us a deep fake, which looked quite realistic. How would people necessarily see that and go, yeah, that is legitimately the truth. That's what happened, because they both pretty much looked believable i guess because of the way they've managed to edit it and stuff so i think it would be more effective if they just showed arnie coming out or something like he's alive you thought he was dead etc that that would have worked maybe a bit better but he i mean he does slightly appear to the point of at least the people in the game in the game show studio know he's there so they're up and then obviously their reactions are still being broadcast sort of along this so presumably they just go out and also just say, no, 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 like, there's just so many of us now. I mean, in spite of that, though, it's still being broadcasted out because you have different audiences. You've got the... You got you got you've you got the bat you got the betting audience, which is like all which is literally like the slums. You've got one in the middle of like outside, like in a plaza somewhere, which I found very perplexing. And then you got one which clearly like a rich person's house, right? And you've got them, right? And they're all broadcasting, which makes me feel in a funny way. Like even though all this chaos is happening, there's still one person up there in the TV in the TV room just doing some mixing, going, Now I'm gonna switch to camera. Get to close up. Killian's about to be thrown into the pit. Close up on that, please. You know, get, get us imagine someone directing that as it went. I do have to ask. Obviously, when he gets thrown in, like the 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 transport thing that they use to send into like the actual arena, which is amazing, and it just goes and it just goes flying into a <laughs> into a billboard sign and blows up. I do have to ask. What was behind that billboard sign to cause that explosion? <laughs> dynamite. Just all the dynamite. And you know what? Who cares? And that line as well. And he's like, well, that hit the spot. It's like, but the ending thing is also just like, this happens again in so many of these films. Again, we had it in Demolition Man of just like, 
film ends with pop song and it's just like okay film ends with pop song and male female inevitably hooking yeah. up yeah and you kind of think like going through that i know you've been through a horrible scenario together but you know it wouldn't make you want nookie <laughs> i know that's just me i don't i wouldn't see like oh big burly man saved my life a few times let's go and bonk it doesn't feel like there's there's not romance there it just happened because it's an arnie movie and they have to end it that way Okay, take those cassettes, rewind them and play them again because it's VHS Corner. So this week I'll be talking you through some of the behind the scenes tidbits about this film. Obviously, I think there's going to be a lot of areas that we've already touched on. I think it'll be good for us to sort of elaborate. So the first thing I want to talk about is that we all know that Stephen King wrote this, uh, wrote the novel this film was based on under the pseudonym uh, Richard Bachman. However, there was one person who did not know this. It was Rob Cohen. When purchasing the rights to uh, the novel, The Running Man, he had no idea that it was actually a pseudonym for Stephen King. So we bought it without actually knowing um, of that very, very pivotal connection. That may explain a lot of the choices that are made in this film henceforth. Next up, I think we probably need to talk about some of the casting because I think we... I think it's safe to say we are all somewhat in love with like a lot of the stalkers, especially Johan talking specifically about the love for wrestlers. A um, couple of things about like their actual connections to things that they do in the film uh, actually relating to their real life. So to start with, uh, Erland van uh, Litf, uh, who plays Dynamo, was actually a classically trained uh, held in baritone opera singer. So in his sing- uh, introduction, when Dynamo is singing Aria from The Marriage of Figaro, that is actually him singing, which is ironic considering we call into question, is he saying some of the things he's singing, but is actually his singing. And this was also his final movie, uh, as well as Richard Dawson's final movie as well. Let's now talk about Professor Sub-Zero, because obviously we have to talk about why is he a professor, because he is played obviously by Professor Toru Tanaka. It's worth noting that uh, Tanaka's title of Professor is not from a postdoctorate uh, academic rank, but rather his wrestling name that he went under in his wrestling career from the 1960s through the 80s, um, sometimes shortened to Professor Tanaka. So obviously they were giving him uh, some homage there, letting him keep that specifically. Now, Fireball, when Killian is sending him into the game, he says, there, there he goes, the leading rusher. Fireball was played by Jim Brown, the NFL's all-time leader in rushing yards until the mid-80s. So brought in a footballer and give a footballer uh, terminology for him specifically. One behind-the-scenes uh, casting that we've not really sort of discussed at all, I think it probably comes from the scene that I have a lot of, uh, uh, I give a lot of credit to. Uh, it's obviously the first scene where like, he's gone into the ranks and he's, they're having the, uh, the bombs removed from around the neck. So they go and meet a character called Mick, uh, who is played by Mick Fleetwood, as in the Fleetwood Mac. Um, and that character specifically talks about the fact that, well, one, he is British. Uh, two, he talks about the fact that one of the uh, that uh, Ben was one of the cops who locked up my friends and burned my songs. So it is heavily implied that that Mick is actually just Mick Fleetwood, and that. Uh, because Fleetwood Mac is no longer a thing in this world, um, he's now having to turn to like underground sort of 
uh, bomb defusal work, uh, which I think is like a really cool touch. But again, it's one of those things that will forever be known as would it be nice if they elaborated it on. One thing that I wish they didn't elaborate on, uh, and I thought this is one thing I thought they spent way too much time with, is the introductory dance sequences for the game show itself. We those sequences that. went on for... They went on forever. Uh, and the reason they, they were, went on forever is because they were choreographed by Paula Abdul. Um, so very, very famous uh, dance choreographer. Uh, and many of the dancers in the films were friends of hers from the Laker Girls. So again, very much embracing sort of that, that real world culture in order to make this film stand out. I already mentioned it, uh, mentioned it briefly, but I just want to actually give it like uh, some credence. So specifically, uh, it was mentioned that four actors from the Predator film franchise appear in this film. So you have Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jesse Ventura, Sven Forsen. They all appear in the original uh, The Predator. And then Maria Conchita Alonso appears in Predator 2. So a significant amount of the cast sort of overlap with Predator. And finally, I think probably my favorite, uh, my favorite fact about this is because we mentioned the idea that, say, um, this has a very sort of American Gladiators look to it. Uh, The reason for it is because the TV American Gladiators, which started in 1989, um, was basically uh, inspired by this film. So it's very much an offshoot of this film, the idea that we're praising the wrestler-like characters with those dynamic sort of names came from this film uh, as well as uh, as well as already mentioned the smash tv uh, arcade game which was released in 1990 so this film has a lot more of a cultural backing uh, background to it than i initially thought going into it mm. because like everyone else i wasn't too sure of uh, what this film was but at the point it inspired basically one of my favorite concept of tv shows mm. um i think it's actually i think it's fairly intriguing but yeah that is everything for vhs corner for this week Woohoo. Craig already <laughs> making his pitch for, for the movie vault there, I think. But uh, yeah, there's and that Fleetwood, Mick Fleetwood thing is interesting, actually, because that was the character I was talking about with the weird voice. And I saw him like in the credits yeah. and I was like, is this Fleetwood Mac, like that guy? So that yeah. would make sense because maybe it's like the Pirates films, you know, where like you get like, uh, was it Keith Richards show up and you're like, this, he shows up once. like, it's like so weird and like out of place. <laughs> Maybe that's why he stands out like a sore thumb and has like a weird sore standout voice. But also, but also he mentions having a wife called Stevie and it's heavily implied that Stevie Nicks. Yeah. I just love, I love the idea that basically he's, 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 he's running a rebellion because basically his band split up and all the music has now been removed because of this totalitarian yeah. When he, when he said the thing about they burned my songs and stuff, I was like, this is a fun idea. It was just, I just found it strange how it just seemed like he was voiced there's over. A, that, that's all I found. Like There's strange. a bonfire somewhere just with a whole bunch of Fleetwood Mac vinyls just slowly going to a crisp. Um, and just one other bit, because I love the, the main fact I loved is the Polar Abdul dancing. And the reason why yeah. is because I love, uh, there's a scene I did laugh a lot. And I did laugh for the reason. One, the, the dancers last forever, which are, you know, they're good dancers, but get to the action. But there's a bit 
<laughs> when Arnold comes out for the first time and all the dancers are dancing around him mm. and there's one yeah. particular person that makes me laugh the most there's one person who just quite literally just does a big high kick right next to him <laughs> and just leans his leg her leg next to him and it happens out of nowhere while he's walking and for some reason that really made me burst because out of all the dance moves you could have possibly done so running around you say high kick splits baby <laughs> just going you're going well what a routine just all these girls just running around being very distracting <laughs> it's so funny imagining that every time a contestant comes out oh I, mean, I didn't actually mind the long dancing because i thought it added to the vibes they were going for of like this ridiculous tv show i think it's like the only thing that lets that down is the set that they're like literally just in a tv studio i'm like you like it, it's almost as if the dance sequences suggest that's what they really wanted was like this big stage or something like that like an arena or something but my favorite bit which they use the dancing for is when again this is where i think the parody or satire could have worked a bit better if they did more of this was when the dancers came back and they were in red and they were like we mourn the loss of like you know like fireball and they're like doing like these kind of like interpretive dance i was like this is funny like i think that that works it, well uh, going back to wrestling slightly it reminds me of okay in wcw if you had WC, if you watch monday night nitro there used to be something called the nitro girls where in between matches just so they had to fill some time there were just a bunch of sexy ladies just dancing in the ring and it's just literally that so i wouldn't be surprised it's going like we need some distraction we need cheerleaders get some sexy girls in the <laughs> ring while we figure out what match we're doing it, next it reminds me of in uh school where uh, you know like when the school's like oh we have no budget to do things and like how are we gonna like get over like having like a fire in like a scene or something like that so one of the school plays that my school did was their solution was like uh like a bunch of girls would come out in like these kind of like ballet kind of outfits with like tassels of red and like <laughs> you have this like song playing which is like all orchestral and they're like pretending to be the flame and going around and like whipping their hands on like the paper buildings that are on the curtain and stuff it reminded me of that vibe of being like "Ooh, we're gonna like demonstrate what the emotions dance. are through dance <laughs> brilliant so yeah I, I just thought when you mentioned that it was all done by paula abdul i thought that's great it, it, it it's it's kind of made now a little bit more sense with the cheerleading dance squad so yeah thank you for that one that's that that was my favorite fact out of that and also the dynamo i felt that that i was like i feel he is singing that's why i find it funny that it didn't seem like he was ever talking so the, the thing I immediately thought of, uh, especially thinking of Craig, was like, oh, is, would the modern equivalent to this be like, you know, Geo Compario, like the Go Compare Man being in like one of these game shows? Would he be like the equivalent ah! to this? What a contestant. <laughs> but yeah, it's, and also I noted down that uh, the Professor Sub-Zero, so the man who plays him having professor in his title but not having a doctorate is incredible tommy Wiseau vibes <laughs> just like <laughs> who is this guy <laughs> i would love i would love it in character though i know it, i know i know it's just his character but i would love it if you know professor sub-zero literally is like you know he's he's had it he's got a doctorate he's you know he's gone to antarctica he has learned the art of sub-zero and he's come back to take in revenge but also he's just very good at hockey you know <laughs> so yeah it kind of makes me laugh that the, we've had so many failed well a matter of opinion i suppose but like the especially the last one like failed Mortal combat films in which it's like sub-zero they're like we want him to be a thing he's such a cool character in the games and stuff and then i watched this and i was like he's right there man just take this version this is what the cinema going audience wants <laughs> we want professor sub-zero please 
So uh, yeah, well, that is this week's trivia. So that means we go on to our section, which is the movie vault to wrap up our thoughts of today's film. So for new listeners or guests, we like to think of this as our time capsule of films, good, sometimes bad, that should be remembered for someone to dig up in the future. Maybe it deserves its fame, maybe it's been forgotten, or maybe it's great but just doesn't quite fit the bill. So should The Running Man from 1987 gain the honour of a place in our movie vault and be remembered for all time? So I might put Johan in the situation in which we kind of put Chris and Sarah last week in maybe the deciding vote because... I think it's maybe kind of clear in which way me and Craig could go in with this, but uh, Craig, I'll, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Well, the thing is, all right, I'll be honest. I came into this episode going to say no. Oh. <laughs> I agree with everything that's been said in that I think that there is potential. I just don't know how much of it has been realized. I think upon hearing you slate this film so much when Demolition Man really deserved the same level of critique and instead, you let it fly by on the idea of just, you know what? I think it is fun. I think I, I think it, I think it does these things, and then you sort of allowed it to get in on those grounds. Um, I'm actually going to. I'm just going to put put my foot down. I think that at the point where this film attempts those things, but still tries to do it in a way in which is going to be somewhat under, somewhat taken up by the general audience. So at least exposing them to this, as opposed to like outlandishly stupid concepts for like 80s films or just even no concepts and it's just put people in situations where they fight and shoot guns etc i'm going to defend it and basically say that i think that this starts the idea of um game shows being used as like satire so i'm going to argue hunger games would not have happened without a film like this so screw it i'm gonna say i think it should go in plus also everything that we found out about how much impact it did have on on culture afterwards i think what i find interesting though if it was to go in to be fair which is where i am a bit torn and this has only come from the conversation because like craig i came in like no is that i think it is quite a good example of like said as opposed to demolition man as you said is that it's so focused on like it's an arnie film and what would it be without arnie and it's such a breezy fun time and then you oppose it to this other film which i felt was quite a cheesy fun time maybe not breezy because uh, it's a longer film but both films suffer equally um in both ways and i think obviously craig had a lot of problems with the concept and the messaging of demolition man which i felt wasn't there as much even though that reading i think is possible but i tend to agree with Johan that possibly there's just that idea of taking over policing and you know the kind of like being too peaceful that idea I think that that was there I think the Stallone was like a better kind of lead I think there were better characters in that film I think it was more fun it was more cheesy better jokes so on that basis of comparison I think The Demolition Man is the better film um, but I can't deny that you know this is more breezy and it is very indicative of a lot of what we've been talking about but I think ultimately, I think it's just as a film in itself, I just, just don't think it commits to its ideas well enough. And I think the yes, while those ideas are there, I just feel that those have been done better by other films. Um, and it just, it doesn't seem to want to commit to anything enough. Whereas I think the Demolition Man, at least I could give the credit of being like, well, you're embracing this, you know, Johan. Oh boy. Okay. So, okay. Let me do my working out and let me figure this out. So. Watching it for the first time, 
I thing is, I kind of already knew to a degree how it was how it influenced stuff. Like, there's certain pieces of technology which is predicted. You know, like the idea of like you know the uh, you know you know the prisoner you know the prisoner bracelet things, and obviously like the uh, you know the uh, you know and the deep fakes and how and how and almost to a degree reality TV it predicted quite a little bit of those things. So sci-fi wise, it has has a level of influence in there. It also has an influence on things like other media and, you know, video games, movies, you name it. I'm thinking of another uh, video game right now from the Wii called Mad World, if anyone remembers that. Very similar vibe as well. So this concept is good, but does it make the movie good? And that's the question. Is the concept, do we like the concept more than the movie? And this is where I fall into it. The concept's amazing. It's a great concept and it's strong enough that it lives in, in spite of the movie itself. Because when you talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, no one says in the first get-go, Running Man's amazing. It's one of those movies that, as an Arnie movie, it's kind of on its bot lower end of this thing in terms of what do people instantly remember and what do people instantly reference. And so for me, that's where I'm going to go with it. It's, it's concept's really good, but then you can take a concept out if you just you can take the content out whatever you want, but is the movie good? And the movie is too is slightly while it's got really good bits, it's a little bit too, it's a little bit too confused, or it doesn't commit enough in some of the bits it could have done. And again, if it wasn't an Arnie movie, could have been better. But because it's an Arnie movie, and I'm going to compare it to other Arnie movies, it doesn't hit the landing for me. And I think other movies before and after. Things like, you know, being manipulated by the media, the other movies that do that do that bit very particularly well, for example. Um, the idea of, you know, the idea of things like television, the idea of like, you know, the criminal sort of like game show vibe, like even though it started off here, they were done better afterwards. And if you were going to put maybe one other movie of that into the vault, I don't think it necessarily has to be this one because there's other movies that kind of do it better. I think it was this close. Can I just say that? Like, it's this close, but I don't think it, can, I don't think it, it needs to go into the vault. For the audience at home, when, when Johan's saying it's this close, his finger and thumbs are quite far apart. <laughs> I just want to make it clear. It's actually this wide. No, no, but it's, 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 it's a pretty close call, but thinking about it as an Arnie movie and thinking about its influence, it's the concept we really love, not the movie. And so... You can you can use a concept, but you can't. Doesn't mean just because one concept's strong means we have to put the whole movie in there. No, so and I think that I'm going to say no. I think that's where, again, and that's where I could have been swayed. Where I was saying that the conversation maybe be like, oh, well, it is quite interesting to compare these two films, how they differ, etc. But I think we have discussed before as well about an influence of a film and its legacy. But when if we take something else like Avatar, which I always go to, which we didn't give credit for that, in which we say, well, the film still needs to work on its own, regardless of what it did outside of that. So I, I was kind of like willing to give it a bit of a pass on the sense of like, okay, it is influenced a lot as part of not just one thing like Avatar, you could say. But I think you bring up a good point with the whole Arnie film element of it of like you're basing it on like this is what it is and the fact that it's not the best of those i think that maybe there would be a better film to contrast to demolition man so 
See, I would have been. I see. I was gonna say I'm fine with it not going in, and then you started speaking again, and <laughs> I'm just like, no. Wow. Okay. I, had I was, like, the, I was gonna I say. Had him on the I was hook. gonna say Craig like came into this saying no, so that also cements my opinion. And I was like, I think Johan has convinced him. But yeah, obviously, I opened my mouth. So Johan, just say everything again, and then we'll go to me saying no. No, no, <laughs> not jo- say I'm everything joking. again. Just copy and paste what I just said, and then I'm just gonna say yeah. Agreed. So okay, so, I'm just I. Like, look, I I agree. I don't think the film should go into the vault. It just means I'm gonna work. I'm gonna work through hell and high water to get Demolition Man out one day. <laughs> He's good. Or he works with hell and high water to get something else in, or to get that film to contrast it. We need another Arnie film to to pit it against it in there somehow. So okay, the consensus. Oh, I mean, there are easy choices if you're gonna go for that. Presumably, something like Predator, I imagine, would be like the the easiest sell. We shall see. So, but for this week, unfortunately. The Running Man does not go into the movie vault. Do you agree? Another contentious one like last time. Let us know at home. But now we get to our final face-off, our final challenge, which is this week's Endgame. We're in the Endgame now. Okay, Endgame time. So this one I've beautifully just called Arnie's Grasp on Language. Because obviously he's well known for, I think, playing up his Austrian accent and playing up the idea that that his English is a bit broken, um, which is a nice way of saying it. Um, Whereas he can actually speak fluent English. Um, So I go, and also very much like with uh, Sylvester Stallone, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is someone who has a a catalogue of memorable quotes. So I thought it would be fun to have a game in which we sort of marriage the two aspects of his personality. Uh, there was no way in an audio format I could bring in his bodybuilding experience or his governing governing of California. So it's it's going to have to be language and quotes. What I've done is I've taken uh, several of his film quotes and I've translated them over and over and over oh, into different languages no. and then translated back into English. You monster! So, so just to be clear, these are the languages... Sometimes in this sequence, sometimes I've I've randomized the sequence in order to get the funnier results. Um, so English to German, because German is his second language, as he is from Austria. German into French. French into Italian. Uh, because, right, stay with me on this. They are some of the national languages of Switzerland. Switzerland is an inspiration for where his surname is from. So he is Schwarzenegger because he is a person from Schwarzen, Schwarzenegg, um, or Schwarzenegg, uh, which basically means that uh, his surname is somewhat from Switzerland. So I decided to embrace that. I then translated that all into Greek because Greek is where the word barbarian came from. And obviously one of his first introductory roles was Conan the Barbarian. Uh, into Albanian because... <laughs> just because and then and then after all of that i translated it back into english brilliant so the game is simple i'm going to tell you i'm going to give you what that quote is i want you to metaphorically buzz in first and say what you think the exact quote uh it is from and i'll give you a bonus point if you can say the film or film franchise it is from okay okay so is everyone clear on the rules yes 
Cool. Well, I'll give you time to digest that because first of all, we need to know what it is we'll be playing for. As usual, you get the opportunity to decide what film it is we discuss in next episode. So it can be one of your choices or one of my choices. So, David, tell us a, a little bit about the film that you would suggest. Uh, so my film, we're going back to the 90s again. It's from 1998. Uh, this film has quite a few links to actually some of the recent films we've had. Uh, Rush Hour had this uh, song, which was also used in this movie with uh, War, What Is It Good For? Uh, also, The Demolition Man and uh, The Running Man have both used the themes of, like, government intervention and, you know, when they've gone too far and, like, violence, etc. This movie definitely has that. And there's also the element of the action hero, which we said with Demolition Man and also with Arnold Schwarzenegger, especially a lot of the time they are very much like literal G.I. Joe action men, action figure type uh, people. So this movie literally is encapsulating that idea of the soldier action figure. And it's taken to a crazy degree in which uh, you get you know, a fantastic director who brings this sort of like movie that's come back into sort of like people's consciousness recently. But yeah, it's very psychotic, very fun, very 90s and uh, encapsulates uh, a lot of the themes we've seen getting away from the whole like police and futuristic dystopian future kind of stuff. Thank you, David, for that brief <laughs> introduction to what your film was yes. going to be. <laughs> Sorry, I actually dozed off a little bit there. <laughs> wow. uh, Johan, tell us a little bit about your film. Okay, so my film, my con- my, my connection or glue is mostly by the, th- not just the theme, but almost a little bit by the story. There's a lot of similar elements between Running Man and this movie. It's from the year 2000, just to give it a little bit clear here. And I would say that... It has a lot of cultural influence now. There's a lot of things that this movie does that has maybe been copied a little bit from Running Man that this movie not only has done it, I would argue, better, but also influenced pop culture as a whole. And just one final thing, just a selling point, Quentin Tarantino actually praised this movie as his favourite film from the last two decades. So this is a biggie on that point. So yeah, I'm not going to say anything else other than that. Interesting. So to tell you about my film, my film is from 2007. Look, I'm just going to put this out on the table. I'm sort of desperate to get away from this sort of action packed vibe of just the the ways in which they like there's, you know, one or two uh, titular fighting heroes and the systems they go up against and like all of that. I think we desperately need to get away from that and I want to go for a different genre completely. However, I have taken uh, some aspects of this film and basically translated it into what my film suggestion would be in that they both have a theme of running. They both have the idea of trying... Uh, trying to be somewhat inspirational and better themselves in an impressive system. Whereas in run uh, in Running Man, it's very much fighting against the state. Whereas in my in my film suggestion, it is somebody trying to fight against themselves and fundamentally better themselves. Um, and and also, the title of this film is meant as an insult towards that character. Whereas it is something that he comes to embrace later on and fundamentally define himself by. And I think it is a really interesting, underrated uh, story 
with a star-studded cast that I would very much like us to look at. Will I get my film, or will it be one of the two suggestions posed by David and Johan? We will see at the end of this endgame. All right, then. Are you ready to play? Cool. What I want to emphasize is, obviously, there are going to be times in which certain pronouns have been altered by the language. So think very carefully, even if, say, some some certain pronouns are suggested in this translation, try and think back as much as possible to what the original quote is going to be. I'm only going to award points for what I think is basically a perfect interpretation of that quote. Gotcha. Make sense? Okay. Cool. Right. First things first, uh, your buzzers, David. Chopper. <laughs> and Johan. Ding, ding, ding. Yep. They're, they are sufficiently different from each other. Okay, here we go. I will not accept any buzzing until I have finished the quote. You're a fun boy, Sally. I like you. That's why I'll kill you last. Ding, ding, ding. Johan? Do you remember when I said I'd kill you last? I lied. Is that the quote I'm looking for? Okay. David, do you have an idea? Hmm. Can I hear it again? Yep. So, you're a fun boy, Sally. I like you. That's why I'll kill you last. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it seems vaguely familiar, but I, I don't know. I can only sort of just hazard a guess as to what it might be, but it's, it's it would just be very similar to what that already is. So pass. I mean, that could also be the True. right answer. Okay, I'm so. just going to say, I like you, Billy. I'll kill you last. Okay, is that exactly what I'm looking for? Mm. The exact quotation is, you're a funny guy, Sully. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. So yeah, it translated Sully into Sally. Mm. Um, See the pronoun thing. Really? I'll be thinking, oh, is it like a different like gendered name? Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, Sully and Sally are definitely different. different. Well, yeah, <laughs> definitely but that's different. why I went down the Billy route. <laughs> okay. What I would say is neither of you suggest wanted to suggest what film it is, so I'll give Johan the first opportunity to guess. Is this from? Is it from Commando? Yeah. I, I mean, the quote I had for the other one was from Commander. I knew it was there. I just didn't know which one. <laughs> yeah, so unfortunately, uh, you basically gave me uh, the line that comes after that, basically. <laughs> it comes later on. <laughs> I, did also try, I did also try having that line translated, but the translation every time came out as the exact same. Oh. Even when I, even when I did things like I put Afrikaans into the mix, it just would not translate it to anything else, but I lied. So I was Mm. like, fine, fine. You're just being cut. (laughs) Okay. Are you ready for quote number two? Yes. They have just been deleted. Ding, ding, ding. Johan? You've just been erased. That is exactly the quote I was looking for. You've just been erased. Uh, What film is it from? I assume that's from Eraser. God damn it, I'm up against the Arnie expert. <laughs> no, I'm just, re- just thinking, like, I'm just remembering from the lexicon because, yeah, I used to love Arnie movies a lot. So, yeah. 
Okay, number three. Say again. Do you repeat that again? Say again. What? Uh, what I it... promise you, this this won't be the most frustrating one this game. Chopper, I know, but... David, I'm just gonna, I'm just thinking. I don't know in terms of like syllables and words here. Is it actually like I'll be back? Yes, that is correct. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, David, what film is that from? Well, which one is it not from? As we discussed earlier. Well, I said, I said franchise. Okay, Terminator. That's a weird yep. translation of I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> Hence why I thought this would be a fun game to base this around. <laughs> okay. Number four. I eat the green beret for breakfast, and now I'm very hungry. Green berets. Oh, I can't remember the Chopper. quote. I'm just going to go for a guess in terms of something he might say. Um, I eat guys like you for breakfast, and I'm pretty hungry. Is that the exact quote I'm looking for? Okay, I'm trying to remember movies where he would say Green Beret. Um, but it's also what could f- translate to that. That's the problem. Uh, Green Beret. Um, they're like the one I can think of. I, I, I'm go- I'm, I don't know what it is. I'm just going to just say, you know, it's like, I, eat like, I, eat, I eat guys like you for breakfast and I'm a Green Beret. That's all I can think of. <laughs> It is not. You were both adamant that green berets is something get translated. The actual quote is, I eat green berets for breakfast, and right now I'm very hungry. So it literally was similar to the original thing. Ah! Yeah. That's annoying. Uh, but, but it's just the emphasis, because it took out the right now. It makes it sound like you've eaten the green berets, and now you're hungry because you've done it. As yeah. opposed to the fret being like, I eat green berets for you, and right now I'm very hungry. hungry. Yeah. And that's from... Anyway, that is from Commando. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number five. I don't like it in politics. I like it more in the answer. Hmm. Huh. Chopper. I don't know. I'm just thinking of like what that line could feasibly be and like what type of movies he's done. So I'm just going to say I don't like it so much in the bedroom but more in the living room it is mm-hmm. not <sighs> i can't i can't actually think of the quote it's i know it's going to hit me in the face once i know but i can't think of it so i'm going to pass i really can't think of it okay so the correct answer i'm looking for uh i'll give you a hit now it is literally from the running man oh so you both have seen this Why film. I don't remember it? I'm not, in, <laughs> I'm not into politics. I'm oh. into survival. God damn it. God damn it. I don't know where it got the answer from, but <laughs> I hey need ho. The I thought it was something from like twins or something, like when he's like flirting with somebody and it just took politics for some reason. <laughs> I was just like, better. Okay, mm. fair enough. Uh, next up, uh, a bit of a shorter one. Mm-hmm. Are we ready? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, Chopper? Is it I'll be back? Oh. <laughs> nope. Hmm. Okay. You have the right idea somewhat, but it's not that close. Okay, so basically, it's a very, very short phrase. I'm trying oh, to figure out. When can I answer again? I'm trying to figure out which one it is. Uh, I'll give you another chance if your hunt doesn't okay, get it. Um, 
why am I thinking something just as simple as like get out or something like that? So it might be something like that, but I can't think of it right now. So I'll, I'll give, I'll pass it over. Go on then. If you really can get, figure it out, say it. David, what do you think is it is? Is it hasta la vista, baby? Uh, it's stick around. Ah, stick, uh, stick around. Oh. Boo hiss. So do you know what film that's from uh, now? Yeah, I, yeah um, it's, it's not from The Last Action Hero, is it? No, it's from Predator. Sticks a guy in, yeah, stick around. I'm imagining there's going to be a bit of a rush for this one. So get ready. Number seven. Discard the cookie. Chopper. Ding, ding, ding. That was David. That was David. <laughs> Put that cookie down. <laughs> yep. Uh, what film? Turbo Man. No, no, drink it all the way. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm going to accept Turbo Man. Sorry. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I was like, it's not called Turbo Man. What's it called? I was like, oh. It's called Jingle All The Way. Yeah. Damn it, Funko. Why did you d- release Turbo Man and confuse my brain? <laughs> All Fuck I can say movie. is I'm glad I'm glad that you reminded me of that. The site I got it from told me it was, uh, told me it was Kindergarten Cop. So I was getting ready <laughs> to be like... I was like, oh, wait, yeah, it is that. So, yeah. Okay, number eight. Those are my cookies. Think of it as a divorce. Ding, ding, ding. Johan? Consider it a divorce. Correct answer. What film? Total Recall. Yay! It's a it's a, it's a very good bit where they literally. I think it's her. I think it's her. It's him and Sharon Stone, and they literally kill her off, and they consider a divorce. It's brilliant. Okay, so we come up to the last one. Uh, I just want to emphasize to everyone what's on stake here. So David has three. Johan has five. So if David if David gets both these points, it'll go to a tie break. If not, Johan wins. So number nine. Attention, children. Chopper? David? Attention, little ones? It is not, Johan? I th- I, th- I think it's something it's like I think it's I think I know what movie it's from, so I'm gonna s I think I think it's I think it's something as simple as like a silence children, I think. It's silence children! Is it silence children? This mm. is the wildest translation in this game because it's oh. Hasta la vista, baby. Oh, <laughs> that was my thinking with the other one. Yep. I thought it. I thought it was like a slightly off translation from something he said in yeah, kindergarten. But then, Cop. because that was what Craig thought or what that list thought the yeah. other one was, I was like, oh, gotcha. Yep, no, wow, Hasta um, la vista, baby, come, turns into attention children. Wow. <laughs> Got me completely because down the wrong what, path. What language is that? Is that like considered? Like I said, it is a it's a random combination. I did not keep check of what language combination got what results because that yeah, would have been madness. But that's well like, done. Is that like another language in another language? You know what I mean? It's just like attention, it's like attention to German, children. But it's like well, yeah. at some point I would have done like German into Greek, Greek into Italian, shit like that. Basically, attention, but children. In the end. <laughs> We do come to um, very much Asta La Vista Baby to that game. So yes. David ends on three, but the winner is Johan with five. Ah, Congratulations. Okay. I mean, a... David, you lost to an endgame champion, so 
Don't feel too bad about yeah, yourself. And it's an army expert bit... and that stupid jingle all the way thing. You know, like I just didn't mention the right name. So that would have helped, but not. Yeah, it would have been one point closer. In all fairness, there was some which I felt like oh, I, the first few bits, oh, this is easy. And then it just got really weird. So I feel I got this out of luck, personally. That's how it goes sometimes. But in the end, you are our winner. So you mm-hmm. have a choice of the three films in front of us. So, which of the three options, considering you have David's, you have mine, or you have your own, which would you like us to discuss next episode? Interesting. So, I'm going to stick with mine, because I think it would be a very interesting conversation between you guys. Although we, although it's been very similar to what we've done now, I think it'd be interesting to talk about. This movie, like I said, was in 2009, Quentin Tarantino claimed it to be his favourite film from the last two decades. It is a movie that its title alone has now been used in various different things and has totally influenced movies like The Hunger Games and Fortnite. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, from the year 2000, we're doing Japan's own Battle Royale. And it is literally a bunch of a bunch of kids on an island, but they are all on some form of form very sort of similar thing, government take it over, doing it for a particular thing, lots of people killing each other, so I kind of fell that way. But I still think enough of a diversion, like Craig was saying, that we've had a lot of police kind of action hero stuff. Now you have murdering children, so congrats! <laughs> yeah, and you know, yeah, what, Craig, why can he not get on board with that? <laughs> what the hell is that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So David, if apparently people's kinks is enjoying the murder of children, where can they watch this film? So several places you can get it as a subscription. So if you're subscribed to any of the following uh, services, Mubi, Freebie, Shudder, and Arrow, you can watch it all on there. You can also uh, rent it on places like Apple, Amazon, YouTube, Sky, Rakuten. And of course, you've always got physical media, which we usually say about as well. So you can catch it on places like DVD, Blu-ray, etc. So lots of options out there to catch Battle Royale before our next I'll throw something in there. The Arrow Blu-ray for Battle Royale is outstanding. It has so many behind-the-scenes features. So if you're ever interested in actually learning, like literally the making of this movie, get that version immediately. Yeah, Arrow stuff is just always a delight in terms of what they release, etc. So yeah, please do check it out. Uh, And yeah, thank you for that suggestion, Johan. Very interesting one. And again, good that we're going to something which isn't English language. And I think even if I had won, I was tempted to go with yours just because of the whole like Quentin Tarantino thing. I was like, okay, this sounds like too famous for us to like not Oh, that's the way, David. Continue the circle jerk of the discussion between you and Johan. I don't exist (laughs) because I have a contrarian opinion. (laughs) Hey, Johan, like, chose mine before, so there's already... There's there's a small sense of camaraderie suddenly in in here. (laughs) 
brilliant. Well, yeah, thank you for joining us, Johan. Thank you for talking all about the running man. And uh, yeah, it's been a fun one, uh, a big debate uh, like last time. And uh, yeah, it's been loads of fun. So uh, as you mentioned earlier, you were talking about things like screenings, etc. And uh, also the other podcast projects, etc. you got. So where can people catch these and uh, where can people find you online? Well, if you type, if you go in if on Twitter, you, on Twitter, you know it's still running apparently. Although it did shut down a few weeks ago, according to this thing. Um, that it, uh, you can find me on JJ Shapal. If you find you can find my personal Instagram on Johan underscore Trash Tapes. But you can also find a lot of the stuff that me and Ed do on Enigmatic Productions. Or so if you if you type Enigmatic Productions on most socials, you'll find us in there. If you go onto the YouTube, you can find a lot of our video stuff. Um, in things such as uh, Enigmatic Retro Rewind and the trash tapes are available on there and the podcast is available on most other places. Um, but if you do, are interested in maybe coming to one of our screenings at some point, if you're in the, if you're basically in the Midlands area, going around Derbyshire area, uh, just check on just check on the Quad Derby website and a few other bits from there. We might be able to c- catch one of our screenings. So, yeah, you can catch us on that. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Craig, anything lastly from yourself? I'm just going to go cry in the corner. <laughs> oh, dear. I, I, before, I was like so optimistic of being like, well, maybe next time will be a better time for Craig. But then we've had this whole like, murdering children thing like come up. So like now I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to think anymore. Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> so, okay. Well, yeah. Hopefully Craig will be okay by next time. And uh, yeah, we've enjoyed today's episode talking about The Running Man. We can't wait to talk about Battle Royale next time. Please do join us. And uh, as we said before, rate the review wherever you can. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye. See y'all. To keep up with the latest episodes of Well Good Movies, you can listen to us on all your usual podcast outlets, including Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube, and more. Don't forget to follow us, subscribe, and rate us where you can to keep our podcast growing. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Well Good Movies to keep up with the latest news and highlights from all our episodes, as well as tell us what movies you want to be discussed in the future. And if all of that isn't enough, you can also find us at our website, freshtakehub.com slash wellgoodmovies, where you can catch all our episodes along with videos and articles deep diving into the worlds of film and television. So what are you waiting for? Go check out the film we'll be discussing in next time's episode.